I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we're going to talk about something that is, I think, really plaguing the world today. It is something that many of you listeners write in about and which is why we have an expert with us on the Habit Coach Podcast today. We're going to be talking about the discomfort that we feel in our lives and what we can do about it. And with us, we have an expert in this, Dr. Fred Moss. So Dr. Moss, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. It's so great to be here. So much fun to be here. Um, yeah, and, and the truth is that life isn't always fun. And I think that's what you're poking at already this morning. There are some moments in life, day after day, and maybe even a little more often than usual, that life is not so comfortable. There are some circumstances that are very troubling, very disturbing. And I'm looking forward to talking to you and our listeners about some of those things. And maybe what can we do about it or what should we know about it or how should we deal with it? I, I love that approach. Dr. Moss, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is uh, is Fred Moss, Dr. Fred Moss. And um, I, you know, I was born to be a healer, basically. And my family tells me that, you know, I was put on this earth so that I could, you know, bring some degree of order to a chaotic family that was in disarray. And so ever since that first second, when I arrived here, I've been on a mission to create order and to create communication. I have been enchanted with communication forever. And always, I was a big talker when I was a child and I was an entertainer. My family would bring me out to entertain them. And this is something that has grown with me over my years, over all of my career, all the way into my elders. I went to college, just like everyone, looking for a place where I could learn how to communicate. And unfortunately, I was disillusioned every time I took that next step into higher education. And I really noticed that communication was no longer even critical. All we were there to do is take in information and then regurgitate it out. So I left college, I dropped out, and I got a job working in a... Um, in a state mental hospital in uh, Michigan. And in that state mental, state mental hospital, I really learned again that communication can be really healing. And I was connecting with these children. They were adolescents in the hospital. And I really had, I, you know, it was a pretty good job. Uh, it was a job that paid enough. And I was like, I could actually do this for a living, but in order to do it, I wanna be at the top of the heap. And so I'm gonna go back to school. And I went back to school and then went to medical school, very, you know, internationally well-known medical school, Northwestern Medical School. And around that time is when uh, Prozac was introduced. And when Prozac get introduced, it was as big a deal as anything that's going on right now, by the way. And uh, it changed psychiatry and mental health entirely found from the foundation. It basically had us all start believing that if we weren't feeling good, it was because something was wrong with us. Now, I hope that some of our listeners can look at that and realize that there is nothing wrong with you if you're not feeling good. Just because you don't like what's going on or just because you're afraid, disturbed, confused, anxious, tired, hopeless, those are things that come with the package of being a human. Nevertheless, I proceeded through my doctor career over the next 30 plus years to learn how to do psychiatry the way it was being shown to me. And I got really good at it. I got all over the country and then started doing psychiatry all over the world and using communi communication and computers uh, to, to attempt to connect to people like we're doing today. It is magical technology after all. Completely. And 
the next thing that happened was I became less and less interested in giving people medications or in giving people diagnoses. So I started experimenting with what happens if I treat people without medications or start taking or reducing their medications off. And lo and behold, people got better quickly, way quicker than they thought. Without medications, some people had their whole diagnosis go poof into the air. And in other situations, I started realizing that the medication wasn't the issue. It was that people thought there was something wrong with them. So not only did I take them off their medicine, we started talking about maybe there's nothing wrong with you in the first place. Starting from there, we really got to a space where communication, connection, creativity, and conversations at the heart of all healing became a great emphasis for me. And now we've moved up fast forward to now where I have backed out of the medical complex. I'm no longer practicing conventional medicine or conventional psychiatry because it doesn't really work very well. But what does work is meeting people eye to eye and having people get that you respect and trust and are interested and curious in who they really are. And people, that's all people want. All people want is to be heard. All people want is to be respected or at least listened to. So when I start from there and, you know, it is a matter of like setting aside the labels. It's a matter of really believing that there is nothing wrong with a person who's walking through life. Look, we don't have a definition of what it is to be normal. So why do we have the audacity to make a claim that we know what abnormal is? And with that, I have finally become the healer that I was put on the planet to do. Basically, all I have to do is back up into the area of really believing that there is nothing inherently wrong with most of the people that come to me. They're just uncomfortable in a world that creates discomfort here and there. Nothing wrong or bad about it. It's just respecting discomfort as part of the package of being a human being. And that's who I am. So Welcome to Humanity is the brand that I created. And then, uh, you know, and then really getting that it's time to speak our real truth is what's here. So the next brand that really got created is the True Voice brand. And that's really what my life is immersed in now, mostly the True Voice podcasting brand or the True Voice community. You know, that's amazing because whenever people message or talk about this, the first thing is, is it normal to, right? Mm, is it normal right. to feel like this? Is it normal to have this? Is it normal to this? And as soon as you ask the question, is it normal? In your head, you already feel that you're abnormal. And mm -hmm. that's one of the, the loneliest feelings that, that there is. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the way that you're saying that, you know, we all are like this, this is absolutely normal. It is just that these events come and go through our life. Mm -hmm. Discomfort is something that is there in our life. Absolutely. So, so how do you think about discomfort? Like when somebody comes up and says, and, and is, you know, in a deep state of discomfort, how do you even begin to have that conversation? Like people listening to this would be in that state or would have friends in that state. Sure. And there are people who are listening to this who are in that state. And my heart is out to people who are in that state because it's very uncomfortable. It might get so uncomfortable that you don't know why you can't find a reason to take that next breath or to get out of bed or to go to work or to take a next piece, you know, to make yourself a meal, uh, to treat yourself with any kind of honor. Uh, it's hard to find that at times. So the first thing to do is really get that there's not an urgency or an emergency in like, we got to do something right now for the fact that you're feeling bad. There's something about getting very grounded, getting very grounded and listening. 
if you show up with somebody else who is in great discomfort, you can have deep compassion, deep acceptance, and maybe more than anything, really authentic listening based on curiosity. You've got to be really interested in what these people are saying or what they're experiencing. And you'll notice that if you're really interested and you're not afraid of them being uncomfortable, you will bring healing to that conversation instantaneously. You, this is not something that's going to take a long time. All people really want is to be heard. That's it. And if you can listen to people and have them, it's like, oh, thank you so much for getting me. Oh, I feel like I have a friend. Oh, thank you for loving me so much. Oh, thank you for listening. That's what people say. And that only happens when you really land yourself with another person and you really get, yeah, there's intense pain over there. It's real. I'm not saying it's in your head. I hope you hear that. I'm not saying that. I'm not diminishing the power of it. I'm not saying get over it. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is welcome to humanity. It's at times it's very difficult to be a human being. And that comes with the entire package of the gift we hear called life. Absolutely. And, you know, Dr. Moss, there are two aspects to this. There is the talking aspect, which is having your voice. And then there's the listening aspect, right? Are there elements and steps that we can do for both of these? Hmm. That's a very great question. Yeah, I think the elements and the steps for listening, there are at least two aspects. There's a, there's a listening and the speaking. Um, but what there really is, is the processing and the creating. So if we show up inside of our conversations with a great deal of curiosity, a great deal of wonder, a great deal of emptiness, if we're here, just I wonder what's next. I wonder what that per- not a new uh, accepting things new is what I'm speaking to. It is so easy to get caught up in same old, same old day, same old day, same old day, same old people, same old people. And that doesn't work very well. But in the world of speaking, if you really get that each time you utter a new word, it is totally new. It is like an artist putting paint on a canvas. It is like someone blowing a new note in a horn. And if you really get that it's new all the time, that even if it feels like it's just repetitive, there's an opportunity to really make new changes, to transform and do things you've never done before, then how you speak, like I've never said these words before. I've thought this perhaps, I've thought something like this in the past. So what? I've never had a conversation with you before. And I can fall with in being very, very amused, very caught up, like a, like a kid in a candy store or a kid at a carnival, I can become really curious and really enchanted with the world around me. Now, let's say that's not working so well. Then in the world of listening, that's where I really can catch up. Because as soon as I stop talking, I can realize, well, there's someone there who, you know, someone who I'm with, who has some ideas, who has some thoughts, who has a voice, who has something to say, who has something that matters to them, something they're caught up with, something that's going either great for them or not so great or, or going you know, terrible or something they want to share. And I can open up not just my ears, but open up my whole self to resonate or to listen to, to curiously explore what's going on over there. 
again, in the source of communication, in the source of authentic listening, in the source of real having very real curiosity, that's where all healing starts from there. It's almost like you have to put on your little explorer hat, right? Your Indiana Jones hat and go out understanding like, wow, where are we? What is it that we're looking for? We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. You know, when we discuss this with people, especially there's something else that, that, that people keep talking about, which is, you know, life has gotten so boring. Everything is mm. the same. Like, like you mm-hmm. said, same thing, same shit, new day, right? That's, that's the mm-hmm. expression that people use, right? Everything's mm-hmm. gotten so boring. Everything's gotten so boring. What is missing? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really great question. I think what's missing is this curiosity. What's missing is the sovereignty that we all have. You know, what's missing is it turns out that boredom is an inside job. It turns out that things are never boring, that there's not an inherent truth in the word boredom. It is how we process things. If you just sit there like you're at a factory, like uh, another minute, another minute, another minute, another conversation, another conversation, another bit, then you can create the notion of boredom. But I had, uh, there's a time I was really related at one point to a very, a pretty famous man. And his tagline was that boredom is the enemy. And really get that we are, you know, our default is to become pretty resigned in the world, to just give up, to become a leaf in the river. And when we do that, when we take our hand off the wheel, when we take our our fingers off the reins and we become at the effect of the world around us, then it maybe starts looking like same shit, different day. Um, And it's an opportunity and it's not simple. Look, even as I sit here right now, I'm like, I know life is boring. I know how to get to that. I know. I know. I I agree with you. Same shit, different day. And then all of life takes on a different color, like black and white instead of color. And when I go with, wow, I've been given a gift to have another second, another minute right now. Can I muster up some interest in the moment? Can I, can I get how remarkable is that you and I are having this conversation at all? And that someone actually is out there caring about what we say and that they can hear us right now, even though we are thousands of miles away from each other, tens of thousands, perhaps like the idea that we can be talking about things and making a difference with another person that you and I might be affecting someone who is now going to change their direction and affect their children and their children's children differently because me and you are uttering voice voices to each other. I can get very excited about that. Yeah. And that's maybe what's here. I get very curious and consider keeping that sparklet. Hmm. It's actually miraculous the way it is right now. Uh, you know, you said something very important a while back, which was there's that sense of hopelessness that sets in. And I think when it comes hmm. to discomfort, that hopelessness is that last real, you know, the part where you want to give up. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember having so many conversations with friends who just said, what's the point? Like, what's the point? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't see a, a, a reason for a future at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are steps that people can do if they are at this stage right now? You know, are mm-hmm. there action points that they can start doing? Or do they need somebody to hear them? Or is this something that they... Yeah, I think this is a very interesting question. So, yes, they need someone to hear them. I would say that. And But they have to speak. Correct. No one will hear you 
if you don't speak. So it's a two-way conversation. You have to speak. And there's a lot of ways to speak. You can speak with your voice. You can call your friend or you can get on the internet, with, you know, have a call with your friend, have a um, conversation, even like a Zoom call you're having now or FaceTime or whatever is, be, is available to you. But there are other ways. You can write a letter, you can write an email, or you can do something creatively. So creatively, I've noticed that when I'm in the act of creating something, and usually like in the arts, maybe art or music or dancing or singing or drama or cooking or writing or gardening, these are things that I can use on real time. And when I'm in the act of creating, all my negative experiences tend to dissolve. While I'm making music, even, even like that, my mood changes while I'm doing it. If I was actually to take a pencil and start doodling, my mood would change while I'm doing it. And so in the act of doing any kind of creation, that's a really nice hack to taking away discomfort and to giving our lives back because we are in the image of the creator, basically. And being creative souls, and we are super creative, Every single one of us is super creative. To get through one more second in life, you're going to have to be really creative. You're going to set aside the things you don't care about and put the things you do care about into your world and then take steps or blinks or breaths into a world that, you know, you're going to have to figure out how to put this all together. You're a creative monster, basically. So in the world of creativity, bringing that forth. And then, I mean, I think the real question is, so there's, there's creativity and Believe it or not, one of the things that I think our listeners should understand is, and I think this pretty universal, is if nothing else is working, and you're like, I don't want to pick up a paintbrush. I don't have any drumsticks. I don't want to write. I don't want to call my friend. One of the things that you can do is you can help anybody do anything. Like that is, an, that is the ultimate hack. That, is, that just works all the time. You can help but anybody do anything. So you, if there's someone over there that you don't even know, you can help them or you can call your neighbor or you can like it is we are social beings. So when we get that we're useful by helping another person do whatever they're up to, whatever that is, you know, there's a classic example. You can go shopping for your neighbor. OK, or you're going to pick up um, a piece of garbage uh, that's or anything like that. Right. A sense of worthiness sets in when we help somebody do anything. And there's an infusion of self-respect that also shows up there such that life actually takes on a new meaning and you can get a reset, a full reset in your life just by helping another person do something. My God. Okay. So there's so much to unpack there, right? Because you use this fantastic word, the self-respect aspect, mm -hmm. correct? As soon as you do something for somebody else, your self-respect goes up, mm -hmm. right? Your sense of worth goes up. Mm -hmm. The way that you see yourself goes up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have, I've had a theory during these last two years when, you know, we've seen this discomfort increase so dramatically. And um, tell me if I'm, you know, in the right ballpark with this, which is that, I've seen that a lot of people become very self-centered during these last two years, right? Especially because of the way that we are now, if we are quarantined, if we are in our own homes, this was the time to become work on ourselves, 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 ourselves. And our sense of community went away and our sense of helping others disappeared a little bit. And I think people who were stuck in that trap faced a lot of discomfort and found it very difficult to come out. Did you notice mm -hmm. something like this in your practice? <laughs> Well, of course, I did notice this everywhere, not just in my practice, but everywhere. You know, people, uh, 
when they're asked to separate or to isolate or to quarantine and they naturally just kind of duck their shoulders and say, okay, and go away and put on masks and don't talk and don't look at people and don't breathe and don't touch anybody and uh, be afraid and uh, be very afraid that that person might have something that's going to hurt you. And, uh, you know, you don't, you certainly don't want to get in front of their breath and you don't want to, um, you don't want to talk politics and you don't want to talk about religion. And you don't want to talk about anything. All you want to do is find your way to your comfortable space, which by the way, is not with anybody at all. And then you sit in a dank room, just wondering what you're going to do with your life. There's despair that is inevitable in that circumstance. Correct. So of course I've seen that, not just in my practice, you know, in the world at large. And we are somehow herded into being unheard. And by being herded into being unheard, we find ourselves with no longer having any tools. You know, we give up our tools uh, when we when we just sit back and wait or when this all blows over or I can't even talk to my best friend anymore. It's a very troubling time in that area. These are difficult times. And that's when creativity, communication and connection become even more paramount and become, you know, even more exquisitely important in our lives. So these last two years have been more of an emphasis or more of a push towards contracting or constricting or restricting our voices. And that's why that has become, in a lot of ways, the new pandemic. And the biggest crisis in the world is not what we think it is. The biggest crisis in the world is not racism. It's not climate change. It's not mm, sex trafficking. These are big things. It's not COVID. It's not. Those things are huge. I mean, I'm, I'm not diminishing how big they are. But the biggest crisis in the world is that we're giving up our voice. We don't speak. We don't say our truth anymore. We are authentically, we are giving up on our, our, our capacity to give up our, to uh, speak our authentic message. And in that we, you know, imagine a life where you get through the whole life and you never said what you meant ever. Wow. That's what we're now stepping into is that people are making that decision and that they have no intention of ever saying to anyone what they really mean. And to me, that's the biggest crisis that humanity has ever faced and even larger than these other super major crises that are out there. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend yesterday and she was saying that I am just so conscious about saying anything to anybody right now, right? Every time I say something, I have to think 45 times before even talking to somebody. It's just mm -hmm. like everybody's become either ultra sensitive or have I got, am I saying things that are wrong? And mm -hmm. that is the question, right? Is everyone too sensitive mm -hmm. or am I, am I wrong? And I think you're absolutely right. This is going to be a very scary thing going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the challenge right here. And, you know, there's going to be some catastrophes. And I, I think we're staring down catastrophes and we're blaming other things and other people for the catastrophes that maybe we're creating for ourselves. And we're all on the same ship together. And um it's frightening. It actually is a, a little bit frightening to look at the end of this line, like what's over there on the other side of this, if there's anything, or are we really looking at the annihilation of humanity as we just kind of walk off the cliff like lemmings? Yeah.
Lovely. Dr. Moss, um, I, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can people get in touch with you? Where can people reach out to you? So uh, there's a couple of places. My website is under construction, but you can still go there. It's not that bad. It's a few years, a few years ago. So it's ready for ready for a re uh, for a facelift. And that's happening also this month with my team. And my website's called welcome to humanity.net. And I'm Dr. Fred at welcome to humanity.net is my email. So um, Dr. Fred, Dr. Fred at welcome to humanity.net. Um, the true voice community is really exciting. And uh, that's uh, being loaded up now in my Facebook group. It's called true voice, the true voice community or the true voice podcasting community. And we're having a summit. Um, the summit is coming up on February 19th. And we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode actually drops, but we'll be having another summit shortly after that in April. And the summit is a find your true voice summit, find your voice summit. And this is a place where people can learn and come to um, and work with others or play with others or be with others who are also interested in preserving and then delivering our true voice. So the Find Your Voice Summit is coming around the corner. Um, another place to look at for me is on LinkedIn. Um, and then there's my podcast. You know, there's the Welcome to Humanity podcast and the course that I teach, which is the Again, it's um, it's called the True Voice Podcasting Mastermind, and uh, I have a whole lot of fun just graduating people from zero to sixty who didn't know how to be podcasters. Some of them didn't have any idea what a podcast was, and after taking my course, they walk away as actual world class podcasters. And that's the best way to find me. Awesome! How long have you been doing your podcast for? Um, I'm my own personal podcast is just about two years now. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Yeah. yeah, super. Thank you for coming. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, that was our first episode with Dr. Fred Moss, where we were understanding the concept of discomfort in our lives. Now, this continues as episode number two, so make sure that you listen to that when it comes out. So start these habits and share with us your progress using the hashtag TheHabitCoach. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's Awesome 180.